0: Leader talk.
1: Leader talk. Leader talk.
0: Leader talk. Leader talk.
1: Leader talk. Leader talk. Leader talk.
2: Leader talk. Leader talk.
0: Hi, everyone. My name is Natalie Dawson. Welcome to Leader Talk. This show is proudly brought to you by Brainiac. Each week, we are meeting with incredible leaders from around the world to discuss all things leadership and business insights. Each person coming on this talk show has given up their valuable time for one very clear purpose, to give back to small and medium business owners. Many will agree that for all businesses, managing money is so important. Yet still today, we hear of successful businesses going into administration. Managing money is more than one's ability to understand finances. It's also about the culture and habits of an organization. Today, my co-host, CEO of Peerlite, Gus Arianto, and I are fortunate to chat to our guest speaker, Jason Murphy, Managing Director of CSP Architectural. Jason is an, is an accomplished business owner with a meticulous approach to business. He has successfully grown CSP Architectural from a local Melbourne-only business to a nationally operating company, including New Zealand. Jason is here today to teach us all about the importance of managing money in business. By establishing a positive culture around managing money as your own, you will have a successful business. Welcome to the show, Jason.
1: G'day. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Gus.
2: Hello, Jason. Thanks for donating your time for Leader Talk. Your insights matter. Thank you. No worries. Now,
0: Jason, we know you've watched a couple of these or listened to a couple of these podcasts, so you know what you're in for. We've got two fun questions that we're going to ask you. The first, okay. the first one we've got is where will we find you when you're not at work?
1: Ooh, that's a good one uh, because I do spend a lot of time at work uh, because it's so much fun. <laughs> but uh, outside of that, um, we've got a, a little place uh, just down at Ocean Grove and uh, quite often we'll escape down there with the family and take the dogs for a walk along the beach and do the family stuff, of course. Um there's always grass to mow and trees to chop, so I'll always. You'll find me in the garden somewhere as well at some point.
0: Fantastic. And, and yeah. what about? Do you have a favourite superhero? And if you do, why? Well,
1: I'd probably give the standard answer because when I was a kid, I uh, watched Superman and and all those ones. But recently, my daughter has um, conned me into watching the f- entire series of Daredevil, and uh, I must say, I really enjoyed it. And uh, he, hes a great superhero. So, if anyone that hasn't seen that, um, yeah, by all means, catch it on Netflix. It's—it's it's a great show. I
0: actually haven't
1: seen it. <laughs> Is it better than Daredevil? Yeah, Daredevil. He's—he's uh, he's actually a blind lawyer. that um, it has got a bit bit of a Batman feel to it. You know, he—you uh, know, saves—you uh, know the the people in in uh, desperate need of assistance. Yeah, it's a great show. Great villains as well. Um, So I'm sure you'd enjoy it.
0: Thank you. There you
1: go. You. Unusual, unusual answer. <laughs> <May and
0: Martin. laughs>
1: unusual answer because I will say Superman. That was my
2: – I think, Jason, uh, knowing that you are entering university at the same year as I was, uh, Superman was a superhero for me until today. Like I keep debating with my son. He's 18 now, and I said to him, I think if we bring Superman today, it can kill every superhero
1: available today. Well, yeah, you're probably right. You probably could.
0: <laughs> Does he believe you, Gus? <laughs>
1: no. No. That's the no. thing. There's
0: so many out there. No. But thank you for that. We learn something all the time. So daredevil. Made a note.
1: Yeah, daredevil.
0: And, and Jason, just before we go into uh, the questions, uh, we we're hoping that you can tell us a bit about yourself.
1: Okay. Uh, look, I, as Gus mentioned, I I went to a university where studied engineering did that for five years and uh, worked in that field for probably another three or four uh, but we always had a family business uh, so it was always in the blood and uh, one day I, I decided that um, I should look to do something myself and I found a you know small business that was for sale just like a lot of other people do and slowly over the years you know I've been lucky enough to have dad you know, help help out uh, along the way. Uh, even though you retired well before I bought the business, but uh, having his insight and uh, you know his support is is you know I guess one of the the major reasons why we've been able to grow the business. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, Look, yeah. you mentioned just your dad as inspiration. Right? We actually wanted to ask you a few leadership questions. You know, as a business sure. owner yourself, in addition to your in addition to your dad is. Is there anyone you look up to for inspiration inspiration or mentoring or advice
1: yeah look i think i always love to interact with um people that uh what i would say would be at a higher level or you know running big uh business i can learn a lot from those people uh the, the reason for that is that i'm actually running a, a what i believe is still a small business some might think it's probably a medium size but um can always learn a lot from uh, interacting with you know like manufacturers or leaders of those organisations such as James Hardy and the like, and uh, always absorb that knowledge and sometimes I can apply that to my own business. But getting back to your to your question about the major inspiration, I I probably have to give uh, credit to my dad for that. He's been a businessman all his life, so yeah, uh, definitely uh, he's taught me a lot of lessons along the way, which I'm happy to share. My, my first experience, if, if you're interested in hearing that. Um, yeah, yes, please. Yeah, I, I still remember. I think I might have been 18 or so years old. Um, we had a swimming centre at the time and Dad you know, threw me in the pool and I became a teacher the minute the teacher didn't turn up. So I was, was doing all that from an early age. But um, I really learnt about business when he filled the trailer up with tea and coffee and he made me drive around to all these factories and I went and knocked on the doors and I asked people if they wanted the tea and coffee and I bought them for $10 a box, sold them for $20 a box, I sold the whole trailer in a day. Wow. That was my first real lesson about how to how to run a business.
2: And, and Jason, you know, by opportunity, which is for me is a great opportunity, uh, more than a decade ago, uh, I used to look after your business from James Hardy perspective for the audience that listening to this, I used to work for a one of the global company, James Hardy, uh, and Jason uh, was the owner of a small, back then, uh, distributor of our products. And I remember you working behind the counter. Yeah. So for the audience that thinking this is a family business where the son normally getting a lot of opportunity because the father just make your life easy, uh, that's not the case. Uh, your dad, Colin, uh, always been very tough, in, like what you mentioned, asking you to drive around to sell coffee and yeah. tea, asking you to sit in the corner mm. in, in, behind the desk. I remember yeah. that. I think, I think the real
1: lesson out of that is that you don't need to have a whole bunch of money or, or a massive start to get going. Anybody can hook a, hitch up a trailer and fill it with a, a whole lot of tea and coffee and start knocking on doors. That's not difficult to do. So that's, that's the real lesson there.
0: And just out of curiosity, were you actually hesitant, Jason? Like when, you know, when you because a lot of people that want to strike out, they have great ideas, but they're often like, oh, I'm not sure if it's going to work. I mean, you just, you know, you did that and you learnt from it. Were you like yeah. one of those? Were you hesitant at first?
1: Uh, not at all. Uh, Dad used to tell me stories how when he you know, first started his business, he'd have to go around knocking on doors as well. So I think that was, you know, it's in our blood to do that. So you know, I had no no trouble to do that at all, and I was I was so surprised at how many people said yes,
2: yes, yes, agree, and I think I think that's mm. that's clearly one of the reason why your business is so successful today, spanning across Australia, entering New Zealand market from a very humble beginning, and I can be uh, very biased because I know you mm. more than 15 years, seeing how hard you personally work in the business, to the market, knocking doors, uh, you know, with uh, sometimes simplicity is a key of success. Uh, and Natalie, if you remember, uh, uh, you know, this, uh, I can't remember, Is was it Daniel was or no, about? who was Hoshel from Shred Air and Jason
1: is the example of it. Um, you know simplicity mm. grow business yeah you're right Gus we we do that same philosophy to this very day you know
0: and, and yeah. you know, Jason you seem to be a really humble leader even when you just said you know people perceive CSP as a medium-sized business but you just see it as small I'm curious to know how do you actually describe great leaders because we obviously see you as a great leader in your opinion how would you describe a great leader
1: yeah i think it's a little bit about the story i said before i i lead by example with my business and my team you know they can see how hard i work they can see my approach with people and i can see that they want to emulate that so i think a great leader shows by example um, you know they're very friendly they have an open door policy Um, they're not um you know trying to make too much trouble they're always Constructive with their conversations, even if it's about a negative result, it's about how we can do it better next time. So I think good leadership like that, providing good environments for people to work in, providing you know good salaries and incentives, is is something that keeps a, a good business motoring along.
2: And you are someone that I also know very accountable, uh, having a lot of people very loyal. You know the people that I know. 15 years ago still there today, you know, that kind of things is not just happen uh, because someone want to stay that long, Uh, you know, you must be very accountable of what you say, you know, do what you say Mm. and show by example, which is easy to say, hard to do, by the way, especially in your level now. I mean, it's uh, who will, you know. Yeah, uh, well, to this very
1: day, I still come in on Saturdays in my old clothes, welding, painting, you know, putting up racks, putting stock away, you know, and and getting the guys to, to know exactly the way we want things done. You know, it's it's all gotta be done. Um, and you gotta lead by example. And all of my managers do the same. You know, they're not afraid to jump in and jump on the forklift and load a customer that needs to be done. Yeah. And that's how small business operates.
2: Yes. Yeah. And if a big business have a small business mentality in terms of the culture. They can become very successful. I, uh, I'm not trying to mention other companies, but I know one other person, Natalie, which is Jason. Will know this person too. His name is Jerry Costa. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, his, uh, he owned one of uh, successful Miter Ten uh, store, and he was ar- he always arrived in the office before everyone else. He always uh, mopped the floor as well, and and that's the type of success people. Uh, you know, do and I, and I always impress. You know, Jason said he look up for inspiration from the people from bigger company, corporate company. But from corporate perspective, I'm look up for and learn from people like Jason. You know, when I see him, when I <laughs> see how he handle his business, I also equally learn because I'm working representing a corporate and Jason as a private owner company say that he learned from someone else isn't it funny?
0: it really seems like jason it's you know you really walk the talk as this as a, a leader would you agree is that you mentioning coming in on a saturday i mean you're actually showing everyone that you know you're doing exactly what yeah. you're telling what you're telling everyone else to do
1: yeah um look i i don't do that because i'm i'm necessarily trying to approve anything to anybody but it's the example that i set and then you're right. People do feed off that, and they're equally motivated to do the things that the business needs, knowing that if the boss can do it, I can do it.
0: Yeah, and and, and Gus, you did mention earlier that there's been a there's been staff that have been at CSP for a while. Jason, do you have a secret to retaining these long term staff? Because we'd all we'd all love that. I mean, it make <laughs> it a lot easier for everyone. So what's is
1: there something? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's it's a secret. It's really just the basics. You know, you, you've you got to have a great place to work. Uh, if people like coming to work, it's, you know, a lot easier to get out of bed, as they say. Um, my door's always open in my office, so there's no red tape here. You don't have to go and, you know, speak to different levels of management to get an answer. My, you can come in and you don't even have to knock on the door because it's open. So I think people enjoy that. Um it's not always about money I give people a lot of autonomy to be able to make decisions and without micromanagement which I couldn't do because you know I have about 110 people now in the business so I need good people that can make decisions knowing that I trust their decisions as well so yeah in terms of long term you know I think the people love their jobs really
0: and um Another thing I was going, you know, you weren't always 110 staff. You obviously started a lot smaller, as everyone does. So, you know, when you've got this lean team, would love to know how do you manage to get everything done? And in your instance, you know, you scaled quite, you know, you're huge now. Uh, I'm a business owner. I'm small. So to me, compared to me, you are huge. So, you know, how do you run, how do you not tire everyone out when you do have this small team?
1: Yeah. Look, you know what? It sounds like a lot of people, but I I think realistically we could probably have 200 people because like you say, you know, people are quite often under a lot of pressure trying to get the job done. And, you know, they're probably doing as much as two people could do. Uh, So, yeah, it's very important to be able to recognize when people are reaching those pressure points and then being able to make the necessary changes to improve that workflow. And I'm very conscious of that. So are my uh, general managers as well about identifying where we need to put additional resources when the time is right. But most people are working to their optimum level because wages are very high in this country. You can't afford to have, you know, too many people. You know, you've got to try and get the most that you can. And that's uh, about being smart with your money, uh, which uh, is is very important. You know, before we, we mentioned about, you know, you don't necessarily need to be, um, you know, saving every dollar along the way, okay, or, or not enjoying life or enjoying things, but you've got to spend your money wisely. And that, that also, you know, is across your staff and, and your business right, right the whole way through.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I want to I wanna share to the audience as well. You know, I witness how you, how do I put it correctly? Because there's no benchmark in terms of how you create engagement. Uh, There's people that I read in one of the books that uh, if you want to create engagement within your business, it has to be deeper but, than giving an ice cream. A lot of corporate wrong thinking that if you give your staff an ice cream daily, that engagement actually happens. Well, I saw it firsthand where you, long time ago, I'm not sure whether that still happened or not, creating a fun poker Nights, for example, with a pizza and with a minimum twenty cents pets and stuff, right? Like, like it's a, it's it's just a fun, fun engage yeah. where people all understand that engagement can start with something simple, where the boss actually
1: enjoying it as well. Yeah. Now,
2: hey, everyone, everyone eat pizza, but I'm going to the most expensive steak restaurant.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, I think that our guys do that quite regularly, actually um they always hang around for a bit of a chat and banter sometimes we'll play cards you know other times we'll just to get together we've got a table tennis table here as well you know so it's uh, a good way just to relax and it's not always talking about work either uh, i think that's also a good reason why we've got longevity in our business providing that environment
0: yeah and, and you know uh less than 15 years ago, you know, you were this small business and we see you now, no longer small. So we're going to say medium business. I'd love to know how do you keep motivating yourself? Because we all start off small and, you know, it's kind of like it's it's hard to see, you know, where it's leading towards. But you've just, you have, you're a success story really. So how do you keep motivating yourself to, to grow and keep going?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think it's from the the roots, obviously, that we spoke of earlier, you know, always been in business. But, um, you know, when when I come to work, I don't feel like I'm coming to work. I actually enjoy what I do. Now, I would probably work longer if I could, but you've got that work-life balance to try to keep uh, nice and even. So, but, yeah, I don't feel like uh, I'm coming to work to to slog it out, that's for sure. And I don't really need motivation um, to come to work because I love it. And I think that also helps for the business to grow. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've been growing this business ever since the day we started. We started off with five people. So each and every year it's just grown and grown and grown.
2: Yes. And, and by the way, when we talk about balance, um, you know, uh, I want to make sure that this is not taken out of context. You know, sometimes when people that are representing business say, I love, I love my work then it can mean it's not balanced. This is the guy that have a lot of balance with his family. Mm. Uh, And when you love your work, you go home with passion. When you hate your work, even if you work only three hours, (laughs) you go home with problems, right? And I keep saying to a lot of people, hey, uh, before we talking about balance, you might need to sort out whether you love what you do or not because uh, whether you work for one hour or three hours or five hours or fifty hours, if you don't like what you do, it's just like asking my son to eat vegetables. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you know, this whole discussion reminds when we had Tony Di Dominico and, and I had asked him about uh managing work-life balance. And he said, When you're passionate about your job or your business, there's no work-life balance. Because you're so passionate, it's not work. It's Everything mm. and it sounds like that's exactly what CSP architectural is for you, Jason.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Great. And uh, another thing I did want to ask you before we move on to the next section is, just from a business owner's perspective, the do's and don'ts of running a successful team and business. You've done it, so we'd love to know: are there some tips or tricks you can give everyone listening out there? A few do's, a few don'ts that we should definitely stay clear of? Yeah. Um, I
1: I think the do's are to be kind and considerate to your your clients, to your staff. It's really basic stuff. Um, Always be constructive uh, with any situation. Um, That'll always help you to grow. Uh, I like uh, the theory about reinvestment back into your business. So if you can. You know, find ways to reinvest uh, so that, you know, you're not necessarily, you know, wasting money on leasing something. You might decide to, to purchase that item, okay, and that, that will help lower your costs in the long run, okay? So in terms of do's, there's there's probably a lot of them, but the basics are, you know, if you're employing staff, make sure they're happy. If they're happy, they're going to make you money. Uh, the don'ts uh, are probably poor communication, uh, you know, not um, engaging with your staff or delegating the right tasks to them, uh, making sure that uh, they've got the interests of your business at heart. That's very important. You know, a lot of people in, in, in this business, they do treat the business like it's their own. And that makes me very proud. Uh, and they're, they're such uh, wonderful people. And I can see each and every day they're coming to work and they really want it to uh, be successful. And I think that's a sign of you know, things to do in your business.
2: And you know it's funny when that question is raised by Natalie, uh, you know, uh, what's the do and the don'ts? Uh, you know, people might, might want to hear a very sophisticated answer. And your first comment, be kind and consistent. Be kind and considerate. You don't have to go to university. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right? You're bringing a successful business owner that said to us, be kind and considerate. Is it easy to be constantly doing that, Jason? Be kind and considerate? No, Especially when, yeah. you know, for you, it's your own money. For you, it's your life and business that you build.
1: Yeah.
2: And, to, you know, kind have some, you mm. know, Is it difficult to be constantly? I don't believe
1: it is. Um, It's just in my nature to be like that. Uh, One of our uh, employees had an unfortunate car accident yesterday and he thought I was going to be really angry with him. But my first message to him was, how are you? Are you okay? You know, all I care about is you and, you know, the other person in the other car. You know, that's the important thing. We have insurance. We can fix cars, okay, but we can't fix people. Okay, so for me, it's about even when there's a negative situation, it's about being kind and considerate every time. Every time.
2: And I and I believe in that as well because, like what you said before, happy staff, happy business. Yeah, exactly. And yet, a lot of people are taking it wrong. You yes. know. So Natalie, as the Natalie is my staff at my kebab shop. This Natalie Dawson, you know, sometimes I get angry. So maybe after after this podcast, I need to be more kind and considerate to Natalie when she come late to work.
1: <laughs> well, look, you can always tell people uh, that they're not doing something properly, and it's the way that you put it across to them, okay? And if you put it away in a, in a way that uh, is constructive to say, hey, Natalie, look, I know you were late today, but tomorrow probably really need you to be here a little bit earlier because we've got, you know, A, B, C and D happening, you know, and that way the message got across and, you know, she's late again, then you need to sit down again and say, look, you know, we had a chat about it late again, you know, how can we fix this together, okay, and get them involved, integrated into the conversation and the solution, okay, and that's a really good way for you to even get better as a manager and owner if you can teach your people. Had a problem solve before that problem gets to you. That's very important. Very important.
2: Yeah, I reckon. I reckon Natalie will send you a resume tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> listening the way you.
0: Very <laughs> kind. You sound very. You sound like a wonderful uh, boss, wonderful leader, and you even.
2: Oh. How, about, how about me,
1: Natalie? <laughs> Not good
0: too for us, but Jason yeah. very kind. <laughs> I'm joking. You're wonderful too. But, Jason, you touched on something really important in addition to kindness, and it was a really good thing that you pointed out, Gus. Communication, you mentioned, Jason, is key. And sometimes when you run businesses, you, as the leader, you are so busy doing everything that you often forget those things. When you say communication, how can you give us any tips on how to do that without actually taking you know, a lot of time. Are there some, is it just a weekly email or, you know, a meeting? How? What would you suggest?
1: Yeah, look, I think that the most important thing is that whether you've got someone that's the general manager of your business or someone that's just a cleaner, it's so important that if you get an opportunity to say hello, you might be just passing by. It might be just a wave, a smile, you know, it might be just a quick chat, oh, how's that job going? I do it all the time with my guys out in the back factory. Uh, I'm always interested to hear, you know, a, a little bit of what they've got to say. It doesn't need to take long, uh, and they really appreciate that. Um, I reach out to some of our uh, managers on a monthly basis uh, just to say, you know, congratulations, fantastic, great job. It might take me three or four minutes to speak to each guy, but I, I know that that appreciation level's there. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't believe it takes much, and you just got to make sure that you are fully inclusive of everybody in your business, if you can.
0: Yeah, it is. And Gus, yeah. you communicate regularly with try and communicate as often as you can with all um, everyone at Peerlight as well, don't you? And and will you agree with yeah. what Jason's saying, the importance of it? Yeah.
2: yeah. And and this is this is where I totally agree with Jason. Uh, whether you are a private business, whether you are a corporate. Uh, Textbook will not create engagement. What I mean by that, if you listen to what Jason mentioned, he spent four minutes of his valuable valuable time with the people on the shop floor. Right? That's engagement. Uh, It's not so much about you need to send a notification because notification don't create engagement. Engagement start when the guy or the girl on the shop floor look at the owner of a business, the CEO of a business, the GM, whoever, walking from that office door towards them. That's, that session is engagement, in my opinion. That's why when I know that Jason came to our show, I know that his tips will be very relevant. It's non-textbook. It's not about... You know, regular town hall, doing emails every Wednesday afternoon, making sure we're sending Christmas cards. That's exactly what I mentioned. This is my belief. This is my personal opinion. So for the audience uh, that have a difference in understanding this, uh, I'm I'm saying it from my experience. Engagement starts when the people can see your effort. Letters that is sent by your PA to your staff will not create engagement. And that's what I do all the time. I make sure every day that I will be talking to different people in different parts of the business and showing my face like this.
0: It's so important. Thank you. I think it's just a really important topic. And regardless of small business medium, like you said, corporate, you know, global, wherever you are, communication is key and it's about how it's done. And it can be a simple as that, rather, yeah, doing it yourself, the four minutes.
2: Yeah.
0: Look, Jason, we're going to touch. We're going to get onto the topic of money because I know it's a really a, an interesting one, and we're really keen to learn from you. So, okay. In your opinion, what are some of the common mistakes you think business owners um, make about money? Just money mm. in general.
1: Okay. Well, look, I think. For me, as a business owner, I've always reinvested any of the profits we've made back into the business. So whether that be stock, so that you can sell more product, or purchasing buildings so that you can reduce your uh, outgoings in terms of rent, etc. Uh, I've even, you know, looked at little things as well. I mean, uh, there's some examples I can give you, like uh, the phone system. You know, that, that would be rented from uh, a company for, say, $3,000 a month, which is $36,000 a year. You can buy that entire phone system for $15,000. So within half a year, you've got all of your money back and you don't need to pay one more cent for it other than for the calls that you make. So that to me is about being very wise with your money, spending your money wisely. So there's a lot of examples where businesses can do that. Uh, I know that, you know, you can lease all sorts of things that uh, are, are way cheaper just to buy them and go on to service contracts for. You know, there's uh, all sorts of things like uh, internet service as well, where you can really cut your costs if you shop around. So all of those little things for small business are very important because they need to save every dollar they, they can.
2: And Jason, can I just uh, ask you a question on that? How do you learn that though? Because when you're small, that, uh, to be honest, even when you're large, yeah. you get all advices coming, you know, it's good for your tax, this, that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. How do you do your homework? Yeah. How do you learn all this? Because money is more than just trying to manage your controllable expenses. It's, it's, There is a culture, a discipline, and a knowledge. Yes. Uh,
1: What's your advice around that? So it's very simple. If you can afford to buy it, buy it. It's always going to be cheaper than any tax advantage out of a lease. Okay? I can give you a quick example. If you lease a car, it'll cost you $15,000 a year to lease it, okay, of which after a period of time you have to give the car back. So let's do it over five years, so, that car is going to cost $15,000 for three years, say $45,000. Okay. I can buy that car for $50,000. I can sell it after three years for twenty-five. dollars Okay. So, that means the car's only cost me $7,000 a year instead of fifteen. dollars Okay. There, there's a very, very good example how, you know, the tax advantage for you is, is nowhere near as good as $8,000. Okay. I know it's a, a pretty broad example and a, it's a quick one. But uh, that's where uh, my advice is if you can if you can buy it, then buy it. It will always work out cheaper.
2: And so why, Jason, if I can be a devil advocate?
1: A lot of business don't
2: do that. Not Forget about business. People lease the car instead of buying it. Yeah,
1: they do that because uh, it's an easier solution because the, the people that do the, all the lease agreements, they manage everything for you. But it costs you. It costs you money, okay?
2: Yes, and this is the thing that we need to mention. The reality is being comfortable
1: will cost money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't You've simply got to work a little bit harder. You've got to work a little bit harder, okay? But there are savings to be made in every business, no matter how small. I could walk into any business and I could save them money without them losing one second of productivity. It's very. Yeah, I, know. It's I can
0: mad. just imagine listeners going. We need Jason to come into our um, <laughs> uh, into our business.
2: Yeah. What else, Jason? What else? What else? The common mistake. So that's one. Sorry, I cut you off before. That's okay. Is that any other common mistakes in your opinion?
1: Uh, Look, I think people get comfortable as well in their business, and they forget that you know they can continue to grow the business. You well know, they might be. You know, at a level where they're happy to make a, a certain amount of money and they don't think outside the square. I do think outside the square a lot. I'm always trying to innovate, find better ways to do things. I'm always trying to increase my asset portfolio, um, and that's uh, my main driver. So I would much prefer that, you know, if our business was was renting a building somewhere, that I'd look for an asset to, to buy. Okay, because I know then that my costs would be lowering whilst the building's appreciating. It's very simple advice, really. I mean, I'm sure that everybody would know that that's a, a very common uh, mistake that people make that where they will just continue to rent their whole lives because, you know, there's just a commercial, uh, you know, lease in place that they don't think that they could buy their own place. But you can. Everybody can.
0: Yeah, and, and Jason, you know, if we... I've heard and there'll be people listening out there now where, you know, we've heard time equals money, you know, and so they need to outsource. They can't do it internally, like whether it's leasing a car, I know printers, you know, all different things. What would be your advice to them where they're going, oh, but I just don't have the time, so I can't look at doing it internally. Is there any advice you can give them?
1: Yeah, I think I'd I'd initially ask them, what, what is it that they're really trying to achieve and what, what don't they have the time to do? And uh, if it's a significant saving, why wouldn't we be able to find that time to fix that problem? You know, if it was a minor thing, then maybe you could overlook it um, or it's just part of the, the business. We need this. You know, we have to spend this money. Okay? But there's, most of the time, there's a, a, a faster, cheaper, better way to do things. And cheaper doesn't necessarily mean you know lower quality either. Okay, you got to be smart, smart with your money, especially when you're a small business. You don't have the uh, uh, you know ability to be able to you know make too many mistakes. That's for sure. Yeah,
2: and, and and I think the things that I keep thinking when you talk about this, Jason, if you, if you I mean, it's a free world. I mean, you can be lazy and spend more money, or you can work harder and save money, reinvest. But the reality is like what you said before: if you can save a good money, why don't
1: you find the time to do that? I think. I think. Like, I mean, it's crazy not to do it's, that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Every business owner would do that, I'm sure, in some way. Uh, it's just that we do get a little bit set in our ways and we become. You know, a little bit lazy, I suppose, when it comes to things like that. So it's about you know listening to programs like this and saying, oh, okay, well maybe I will look at my photocopier contract and see what that cost me because I just pay the bill every month and it, it's a thousand dollars a month. Okay, oh really? I could buy it for for three thousand dollars. Okay, so I just saved nine.
2: And I think I I think also the things that I like about what you say is cutting costs. Or be good with money, is not necessarily about cutting the experience. I always, I always believe, and Jason, you know this. I always believe that. Uh, for example, as your business, I'm sure, you know there is a need of entertaining your customer. Now, people tend to f- go with the flow where entertaining a customer means that we taking people to the best restaurant in town. Yeah, real entertainment is if you go to Gus and Natalie Kebab shop. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. do you I like that, know. Natalie? Yeah. Because, because experience is experience. Uh, purchase is purchase. And people just don't really analyze why we're doing things in the first place. I, I think a lot of... People, whether they are business owner or whether they're running a business, they actually forgot why they spend the money initially. Why do we rent the printer? I don't know. We, we we've been doing it. That's, for it. Yes,
0: that's right. what we do. And, and you hit the nail on the head when you said people get comfortable in their ways. Because yeah. I always think of insurances. It's a perfect example where we purchase it and we kind of just sit on mm. it. You know, it. it
1: yeah, well, yeah, you could get quotes. Get three quotes next exactly.
0: time. Exactly. Like just simple yes. things that's, that can be yeah. done. Um yeah. even with purchases, just even if we're gonna to decide to continue with hiring the printer or the photocopy or whatever it is, have additional quotes mm-hmm. and beat it if that's a decide you know, that's a decision. That's amazing. yeah.
1: You know, you, you mentioned insurance before. Even if you want to stay with the same insurer, often a quick phone call and they'll they'll drop drop the price for you by ten or twenty percent.
2: Yeah which is crazy. Jason, can I just throw something as well? You know, when when you when when we bring the topic about money, I keep thinking oh my god, you know, is good with money mean you are stingy. No. Nah. you know, like like with the, so you're running a business. Mm. What what's the risk if you are not good with money? In my opinion, if you are not good with money, you will never ever run a good business.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, as we know, whoever is not smart with money often go into receivership or administration. And unfortunately, you know, we we see a lot of that in our industry. And, uh, you know, sometimes we're on the receiving end because those people quite often owe us money. So we also need to be clever with how we let credit go out the door as well. And sometimes we get hurt too because these people are not smart with their money. And they go under and they end up owing all of their suppliers and staff a lot of money. And, um, yeah, it's uh, a you know, worst-case scenario basically. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. so Jason, then how would you teach? So obviously, you you know, you're, we're running a business. We've got people that are spending money. How do we actually get them to acknowledge the money and start spending it as as if it's their own, to ensure they're spending it wisely. How do we actually approach that? Are there some tips or tricks that business owners can learn from you?
1: Yeah, well, I think we've we've covered a fair few of them, and they're they're really basic things, aren't they, like insurances and and these sorts of things. So uh, it depends on what level they're at, of course. But if it was a very simple shop, like a, a noodle shop or a kebab shop, you know, you could also look at, you know, what, what the, the prices are for the raw materials, see if there's, you know, a, another supplier that can provide, you know, a, a same quality but, but for a cheaper price. You know, you could look at, you know, if it was the shop itself, uh, you could look at what that rental is and, and you know, look at uh, are there better locations where the shop might work better that, that you might be able to, you know, purchase the, the property as well you know, make it long-term if if you're really involved that way. Um, There's so many ways you could do things on on so many different levels. And depending on how much you want to look into it uh, is, of course, uh, you know, how much money you you could potentially save.
2: Mm -hmm. And how do you manage, Jason, you know, like, uh, so let me put myself, uh, if I'm working for you, Right, and you are very disciplined about money, and you are very careful in your spending. My competitor, that at the end they go bankrupt, yeah, yeah. Uh, spend a lot of money. You know, y- you give us a company car that you purchase that after five years. I don't by the way, I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm just giving example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, if I'm driving the car for the last five years, my other competitor keep changing the car because they lease it every three years. So I'm the sales rep of your business, for example. How do you, how do you sell the discipline about money to your team when outside there is a lot of people that spending money like there's no tomorrow, mm. no one thinking that two years they go bankrupt. By the way, yeah, that's true. Right. Uh, you know, because people tend to people tend to look for the grass is greener until the grass burns, <laughs> and then they said, oh shit, yeah, the yeah. grass the grass is burnt. How do, you, how do you manage the team
1: expectations? Uh, oh, look, I think that, uh, you know, if you're talking about the big boys that, that spend a lot of money on entertainment uh, and have fancy cars, you know, uh, I quite often say that to that is that those guys quite often have large overheads as well. So what you'll find is that, you know, they, they might treat you to something special as a client, but, uh, you know, you'll see it at the end result in your product cost, you know. So when you're dealing with, say, a, a smaller company that, that can't necessarily do those things, they might have better service, better price, okay, because they're more nimble. They're a smaller unit, okay, and that's probably where CSP fits in. We're a much smaller business than, than most and we're able to do things faster, quicker and smarter and cheaper.
2: Yeah, it's it's. Natalie, just in context, this is a company France, in the national front in two know. countries <laughs> and still consider small. So, so even that a mentality, in my opinion, uh, just to give the spend to the audience for the, yeah, for it, the size itself. And, and to
1: answer your question, sorry, just to finish off, you know, your staff see that and they know because I, I talk about it each and every day to them and they know how smart we are and how clever we are and try to be smart with our money and they see that. And they know well. Gee, if this guy's smart with his money, I'm sticking with him. Okay. So again, yes. you lead by example, and I I t- I, t- I tell my staff openly about those sorts of things. They love to hear it. They love those stories. And I don't think we should be shy about that. I don't.
2: I don't think so. I mean, it's uh, it's something that it's real. I mean, the era of you need to be you need to spend money so you look important is no longer available, in my opinion, because. Uh, You know, you can only be important if you can empower a lot of people and help a lot of people, not because of the food and the
1: entertainment. You Yeah, I mean, you can spend money very wisely in your business, and I'm not saying to save every cent. I'm saying either save it or reinvest it, okay, back into the business. Buy more stock, buy bulk stock, you know, back to your noodle shop. You know, instead of buying, you know, the packaging in, in lots of 50, you might buy 500 at a cheaper price. So you're investing your money. It's a big outlay yeah. because you've got five hundred, but it's cost you so much less, which means you make more yeah. money. Okay, it's it's as simple as that. Really simple. Like I said, I can help any business make money. That's not that's not even half.
0: And you know, Jason, it reminds me again going back to insurances. You know when they give you the offer to pay monthly which is slightly more expensive than if you pay annually for example just small little tweaks like that that's, obviously it all exactly. adds up when you're running a business
1: It does it certainly does Yeah
0: and and I just wanted to clarify for everyone else sorry sorry did I just cut you off No no you're
1: right you're I was going right. to
0: say you mentioned you know the big boys spending a lot on their clients and stuff that's not to say don't spend on clients right but just no, no, I just no. want to clarify no. for anyone that goes oh maybe I should you know, not spend. That's incorrect, but we're just saying be smart about it. So, can you give us an example of?
1: Um... Well, I think uh, Gus said it perfectly before. I and mean, instead of going to, you know, Crown Casino or something, I might go down to Natalie and Gus's kebab shop and, you know, and, and enjoy the atmosphere. Or you know, it could be you know something as simple as that. You don't need to go to the top shelf, but customers know when you're looking after them.
2: Yeah, and 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 I. I really believe in this. Uh, if you remember, Natalie, when we interviewed Gerard Filippo, the owner of Burbank Group of Companies, and his father, late father Eddie, um, he teached me about this because he was one of my biggest customers back then. You know, he's probably in the top five largest builder in Australia. And uh, and I remember at one of the restaurants, I actually said to him, this is long, long time ago, uh, ago almost More than 15 years ago, I said, uh, Eddie, why don't you choose the most expensive wine in here? Right, And I'm empowered to do that back then. (laughs) And I was still uh, 17 years old by the look of my age. Uh, And he said to me, Gus, listen to this. If you want to be successful, listen to this. Do not spend money uh, unless you actually spend it equally when it's your own money. And the minute you grasp that, uh, you know, so so if it was my own money back then, I can only buy $30 wine, <laughs> right? So I should just offer him $30 wine because that was my money, which is that was the wine he picked as the guy that runs such a large organization. And that's also demonstrated by Jason all the time. Mm. You know, when I visit him, Instead of going to Crown Casino, for example, and nothing wrong going to Crown. Jason always said to me, Hey, why don't we go to a kebab? Funny enough, it was a kebab shop beside his office. Like uh, maybe Natalie to reinvest our kebab shop. We purchased that kebab shop. Is it still there, Jason? That kebab shop is still there, right? That's, that's how to be smart and come back again, you know. It's about the experience, I think. It's not it's not about where and how. It's about the
1: experience yeah. itself.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't, do you think, Jason, for those people, like obviously you're really humble and, you know, for those people listening out there and they are spending a crazy amount, they can stop that, right? It's not something they go, oh, I've been doing it for so long, I'll just continue. They just actually have to take that step back and be wise about it is that would you agree
1: yeah i think a lot of companies did that uh, especially you know around that pre just that pre-covid time people really backed off and they found other ways to to do things and they probably thought to themselves wow you know we've just saved a whole bunch of money and you know we can use that money now to maybe invest into some other marketing type uh, analysis so know, there's uh, plenty of ways that, that you can do things. You don't have to, uh, you know, go to the top shelf. You can do somewhere in the middle um, and still be able to impress your client or keep them on side. So, But it has to come from the very top. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, If the top
2: do not have the discipline and the culture of looking after the money, And it's funny, isn't it funny? Am I the only one here, Natalie? When we talk about money, it's just hard to explain because we want to be seen like we're not stingy. Yet what we talk about is nothing about whether you're stingy or not. What we're talking about is business related to money. In the absence of money, you can't run a business.
1: And I think working within your means as well. I mean, for a small company or a medium-sized business, they might not be able to do the big stuff that some of the bigger players do. So as long as you understand where you're at, then working within those means or a set budget, you'll be able to achieve everything that the other guys do, just within the scale that you are.
0: Yeah, and even playing to your strengths, isn't it? Work out what the strengths are and play to those. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's great. I'm just looking at time and there's something that I just, we wanted to touch base on about um, change, because obviously businesses have to be agile. Uh, You know, change equals money. It requires money. Are there any strategies you have for keeping up with business changes in today's world without actually breaking, you know, your back pocket or costing a lot? Yeah, well, you know,
1: I think think a lot um, about how the internet has changed so many businesses. You know, you, you hear stories all the time of how, you know, someone that had a little, you know, business in their garage and, you know, put a... Some sort of thing on Facebook or one of the uh, social media uh, applications, and their business has grown out of sight. Uh, There's some good stories about that, Um, and I think that proves that you don't need to spend a lot of money to get yourself out there and your business known. You can do it quite easily now with uh, the power of the you know the the social media internet uh, platforms. So I would strongly recommend for those very small businesses that might be. You know, a small um, electrician or or plumber that that needs more work. You know, he could easily put you know something on those applications, and you know, within seconds, you're getting phone calls. Um, And then you can you know reach out to marketing people as well that don't need to necessarily cost a lot of money. So maybe a slightly bigger business like ours. um, You know, we use uh, uh, someone in our business that's employed uh, part time to run our marketing. So she does a three-day week for us, and, and that's enough for us to to, to put all of our, our posts up uh, on social media and, you know, do all of our marketing things that we need. So that's someone probably more medium size. Um And then there's outsourcing. You know, you can outsource the marketing uh, that's, that's quite uh, affordable. So at every level, there's something for everybody. Yeah,
2: and I think the question is whether you want to put the investment – to think about this and i think whether you like it or not if you're not trying to save money and come back to natalie question what would happen if chains push you to spend money well you cactus if you don't have safe money in the first place yeah. so that things about saving money eating at kebab shop instead of ground saving money by purchasing asset instead of renting Spending money, uh, saving money, because you're not lazy in analysing your insurance. Well, when the time is come, where changes happen, well, you have money. <laughs> you have money. Like I mean, it's a. Uh, it's, uh, and it's inevitable. Yeah.
0: Change will happen. It's always happening. And that's what's really difficult with businesses. We need to keep up, but obviously we need to keep up and be careful how we spend that money because, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really interesting topic. Yeah, absolutely. And, Gus, I'm going to hand it over to you now for our wrap-up because we are out of time. So, over to you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. So, Jason, once again, thank you so much for coming to our show, uh, donating your time. Uh, Certainly the topic about money is not a topic that is easy. A lot of people that I talk to will not bring this topic because it's a topic that can put you into a space where you look stingy. Mm. yet. The topic about money is so related into business. So let me summarize the conversation that I like, uh, and I think it's important for any business owner. Uh, You want to create loyalty and a longevity of your business? Uh, Try to be kind and considerate. You need to find a way to reinvest. So don't spend your money left, right, and center. If you have extra money, reinvest. Like Jason said, whether it's a stock. Uh, that you can sell more, reinvest in the building, reinvest in anything so you have asset. Happy staff means happy business. Now, to how do you make staff happy when you try to save money? Well, be creative. There's a thousand ways to engage. It's not so much about giving everyone an ice cream every single day. Spend your money wisely and it starts from you. From the top, if you are a leader and the owner of an organization, you need to innovate to save money. You don't innovate so the business look like, uh, you know, the number one business of innovation. You actually innovate to save money. Mm -hmm. And why you save money? Because you might need it when chains push you to spend money. You can't last in today's world if you don't have money. So save now is not a bad thing. It starts from you. Be disciplined because money is a culture. Starting from the top, Jason Murphy, Managing Director of CSP Architectural. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jason. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. For more information on LeaderTalk and for some great resources to help your business grow, check out brainiac.com.au. Thanks, everyone. Leader Talk.
1: LeaderTalk. LeaderTalk.
0: Leader talk.
1: Leader talk. Leader talk. Leader
2: talk. Leader talk.